It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Right now, it's time for Dr. History. And, of course, Dr. History, better known when he changes his clothes in a phone booth as Dr. Ken Turner. And it's brought to everybody by Minicash's Sales at 1321 East Main in Burley with Zach and Joanne and the whole crew with windows and garage doors and back doors and front doors and vinyl and metal siding and also all the tartar and ranch and farm equipment. They've got the very best at Minicash's Sales. We'll tell you more in a minute, but right now, good morning, Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. I'm out of air. Great morning, sunshine. Oh, you had a chance to drive up here and just inhale and exhale. I bet it's fantastic. Uh, it's nice. Better than a week ago in that snowstorm. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what do you got for us today? Well, I'll tell you what. If you think of uh, the thieves and robbers of... Uh, the century ago, uh, what do you think might have been what one of their main targets might have been? Well, thieves and robbers from a century ago? Yeah, in oh, the 1800s. I would say stagecoaches. Okay, how about trains? Well, that was choice number two. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about, okay. train robbers. All right. It kind of reached its height in the second half of the 19th century in the first decade of the 20th. Uh, the railroad express cars were prime targets because they a lot of times carried a lot of money mm-hmm. in those express cars. So robbing the railroads provided full employment for a goodly number of robbers and hoodlums in the years after the Civil War. Full employment? Full employment. A good place. I don't know how the retirement was, but uh, the benefits might have been really good. They're not going to have one of those jobs at the job (laughs) fair. No, I don't think so. (laughs) But anyway, 1895, for example, there were at least 49 attacks on railroad express cars that actually succeeded. Wow. Now, that's not to mention those that flopped or failed for various reasons. But the train robbers ranged all the way from the really dangerous guys like the Dalton and the James Younger gangs to guys that really goofed. And I'm going to tell you a few stories about some of the guys that kind of needed to go back to school regarding train robbers. Do you mean to tell me they had some faux pas? They did. And, and uh, some of them ended up in not a good way. In fact, I've got a picture I'll show you. Mm. So anyway, these guys were likely to mistreat the express agents 
pretty badly to get into the express safes in which the really valuable loot was usually locked. Now, if the agent was true to his salt, as a lot of them were, and they holed up in the express car and made a fight for it, he ran a pretty good chance of having the car blown up and possibly himself as well. Oh, my. Now, the railroads quickly went to a system of what they called way safes and through safes, and I'm going to explain that mm -hmm. uh, in order to kind of uh, stop the robberies. So, uh, in the express, the express agent could get into the safe, the way safe, which contained comparatively small amounts of money for little towns along the way. Now, the through safe, on the other hand, uh, protected the really important money, and it was destined to go all the way through to the train's final or major destination. I see. And only there could it be opened by station personnel. The express agent on the train could not open it. So, on occasion, uh, train robbing gangs were able to blast open a through safe, but that took real talent and something something that most outlaws didn't really have a good talent for. Oh, well, they didn't understand the scientific type thing. Yeah, uh, Butch Cassidy, for example. Yeah. But, uh, okay, there was, for example, the saga of a couple of members of the vaunted Wild Bunch who decided to stick up the Southern Pacific Line. It happened mm. at Sanderson, Texas in 1912, actually. Really? Uh, when Ben Kilpatrick and Ole Beck. Ole. Uh, Ole, I can uh, tell you stories about Ole. And I've got a picture I'll show you here in okay. a bit. But, anyway, they decided it would be a fine idea f to fatten their wallets by robbing a train. Just the year before, Ben had finished 10 years in prison for tr train robbery. Uh oh so you'd think he would have learned from his long time behind bars, but maybe that kind of reinforced his uh, vocation and uh, sharpened his appetite for express cars. Anyway, at first, indeed, things went well. The express messenger, a guy named Troutsdale, showed no signs of putting up a fight, as so many of his compatriots did. So his apparent submission and that of his two helpers must have pleased these two experienced outlaws. Uh, an easy payday, no trouble, no shooting, no spilled blood, no noise, no fuss at all, just the money. Well, Troutsdale in the express car uh, was kind of agreeable. Um, uh, even with Ole Beck outside the express car, Troutsdale uh, withstood uh, this Kilpatrick's bullying, which included a, a series of painful blows from the outlaw's Winchester. And Kilpatrick said, get a move on, and uh, Troutsdale did. Mm -hmm. So the agent's action was not, however, exactly what Kilpatrick had in mind. Uh, he said, this is the most valuable parcel in the car, uh, in, indicating a package with his toe uh, of his shoe. Well, intrigued, the outlaw bent down to retrieve the prize. Not a good move. At this point, Troutsdale picked up an ice maul. Ooh! Okay, it's a heavy wooden mallet yeah. designed to crush big chunks of ice into smaller pieces yeah. uh, to keep... Things cool like oysters that oh, they it cooled him all yeah. right. Well, the mall was laying conveniently on top of a nearby barrel of oysters, and with his handy implement, uh, the express agent bashed Kilpatrick in the back of the head, oh. then hit the bandit twice more for good measure. Oh, my goodness. Well, nevertheless, uh, that put an instant end to Kilpatrick. Yeah. Well, Troutsdale prepared for further action. Uh, the de dead bandit had been armed to the teeth, a Winchester, uh, two revolvers in his belt. 
So Troutsdale kept the Winchester for himself and then handed a pistol to each of his two helpers. I see. Well, wisely, the three agents waited for a while to see what else would happen. Nothing did. Mm -hmm. So, unwilling to wait for further developments, Troutsdale fired a shot through the roof of the car. Oh, my. Now, this got almost immediate results. Yeah, I would imagine. So, a voice was heard, uh, a voice that called out for Frank, which was Kilpatrick, who was already dead. Yeah. Well, the messenger could not uh, be sure, but he assumed quite correctly, as it turned out, that the voice belonged to this Ole Beck, who was up on top. Ole's back again. He's back. So he's down around there. He's peering around a, a pile of baggage. Trousdale saw the outline of a head, somebody lurking behind a stack of trunks and boxes. He soon had a clear view of the lurker behind the baggage. Drove a rifle bullet right, bullet right through him, creating a third eye just above the rider, re, robber's real one. Mm. Uh, thus ended the exploits of the famous branch of the Wild Bunch. So these guys weren't really the uh, the best pupils in the class. No, no, they, they, they weren't real good. Well, can so, we stop right sure, here and have a good word it. while we try to regroup some of our criminals and our bad guys and maybe talk about somebody that was a little smarter than a sponge? <laughs> Stand by. Minicash Sales is the sponsor for Doctor History and they're located at 1321 East Main in Burley and I'll tell you what, they can help you with all your spring remodeling projects and they have carpet, lots and lots of carpet, and they've got vinyl and metal siding, and they've also got all the solid surface countertops, and they carry all the supplies for their carpet layers, all the small tools, everything, and they have, as a distributor, all the best of Tartar Farm and Ranch equipment right there at Minicash Sales. These are wonderful people, Zach and Joanne and the crew, right across from the Burley Airport at 1321 East Main in Burley, and by the way, they also have some great doors for your homes. I just bought a brand new door from Minicash's Sales. Super good people, 1321 East Main in Burley, bringing you Dr. History and all the bad guys. All right, another story. Okay, these robbers stopped a Rock Island train southbound from Wichita in 1894, mm -hmm. and they had similar problems. I see. Okay, they were at, there was at least four of them, allegedly including a guy named Charlie Pitts of the James Younger gang. Whoever they were, they stopped the train all right, but then the operation came unraveled in a hurry. Well, when their demands to open the express car were ignored by the express agent, a guy named John Crosland, they detonated a stick of dynamite under the door. Oh, my. Now, stunned, Crosland played for time while guard Jake Harmon slipped out the back door of the car, moved through another car, and stepped quietly out into the night. Well, seeing a bunch of bandits outside the express car, including one who had a pistol, Harmon gave the shadowy pistol wave, waver a dose of buckshot. The pistol man went down, and in general panic followed. The rest of the bandits ran off into the darkness. One was captured immediately. Two were run down later and jailed. You're not talking about too many success stories here. <laughs> in fact, I'm not going to. <laughs> this is this is for those guys that are thinking of, of, run, of robbing a train now. Yeah. Okay, then there was a the day when an outlaw gang st uh, stuck up the Southern Pacific at Fairbanks Station in Cochise County in Southern uh, Arizona. Oh, this should be a better story. Okay, the idea seems to have been to hide behind whatever citizens happened to be about the station and ransack the express car for what the bandits apparently expected to be a bunch of money. I see. Well, They didn't have a clue, huh? They didn't. Now, to the gang's profound unhappiness, the express messenger on the outlaw's chosen night 
was a guy by the name of Jeff Milton, mm-hmm. sometime local police officer and Texas Ranger. Oh, this is not good. This is not good. And he's in Arizona. He's in Arizona. He's in the express car. Well, his reputation uh, uh, as, was a, as a formidable Arizona lawman and rancher. He was a good man, a good friend. Sorry about that. The horses are at the gate. <laughs> at least that wasn't my phone this time. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> like I say, Milton was a good guy, rancher, Texas Ranger, but he didn't have a bit of compassion for outlaws. So as the train stood in the station at Fairbank, Milton handed down packages from the express car. Well, out of the crowd of bystanders, a voice ordered Milton to throw up your hands and come out of there. Uh-oh. Well, Milton reached inside the car for his shotgun, and in his Milton style answered the, vo- the voice, he said, if there's anything in here you want, come and get it. This is not good. No. Well, the response was a blast of rifle fire out of the crowd around the train. Yeah. So a bullet ripped the hat from Milton's head. More shots smashed into his left arm and knocked him down. Oh, man. So here he is laying down in the express car. In the car. In the car. Holding a shotgun. Yeah. So even hurt, Milton was not the surrendering kind. I see. He had his shotgun now, uh-huh. but he worried about hitting some innocent civilian yeah. if he simply sprayed a fan of buckshot at the robbers. Why hadn't they run? <laughs> well, there's still a bunch of people milling around. That's dumb. Outside. So still, he wasn't going to give away the express company's cargo without a fight. So in the event the, in the, event the robbers, uh, they solved this dilemma for him. Now, they were sure that Milton was out of action. Yeah. So the outlaws rushed the express car door, mm-hmm. expecting easy pickings over the dead body of, or badly wounded Milton. Yeah. Uh, well, it came as kind of a nasty surprise when Milton, shooting one-handed, opened fire with his shotgun at the first band to stand with the car. Uh-oh. The first outlaw through the door was a guy, I love this, his name was Three-Fingered Jack Dunlap. And it changed. <laughs> well, anyway, he took uh, buckshot in various portions of his anatomy, uh, where of in, cor- in the course of time he died. I see. And now another buckshot wounded a second band, uh, bandit, one guy, his name was Bravo. Uh, get this shot in the uh, hindquarters. In the hindquarters. In the kind, presumably, presumably as he turned to run. I see. Uh, he lost all his enthusiasm for the robbery. I can imagine. <laughs> well, the remaining three bandits, they uh, uh, started shooting the express car with rifle bullets, but Milton was on the floor between between two trunks. Yeah. So uh, he was kind of losing consciousness. and Well, kind of. How many times had he been shot? Yeah, I mean, he was losing blood. So yeah. he was out cold. But the surviving bandits entered the car. They found they could not open the safe. They had not been bright enough to bring some dynamite. And Milton had thrown away the safe's keys before he... Wait a minute. He's still laying on the floor, though. Yeah, he's still there, unconscious. How come they... Oh, he's unconscious. Yeah, he's unconscious. But he'd thrown the keys uh, somewhere so they couldn't find it. And that was the end of that story. Well, just a minute. You can't just leave me hanging like a Saturday morning cereal. You've got to tell me what happened. That's the end of the story. (laughs) 
They didn't get the money. You don't know if Mr. Milton came to. Well, I think he did. You I, don't know if the bad guys got caught. Uh, no, but it's a good story. <laughs> All right, here we go with another one. Okay. Trouble of a different kind jumped out at the gang that stopped the AT and SF train uh, in Missouri. In 1894, the stopping was the easy part. All you had to do was wave a red lantern if you were the station agent, and the train obediently pulled to a halt. Well, the bandits opened fire on the engineer, a guy named da uh, Prescott, and wounded him, and then they went back to the express car where they expected to find their bonanza. Well, what they found instead was a car full of Santa Fe detectives. This isn't good either. No. They'd been tipped off about the robbery. Oh, boy. Well, Charlie Abrams, the leader of the outlaw gang, went down full of holes. Good old Charlie. Rather quickly. Yeah. Uh, a second outlaw managed to get clear, but he was captured shortly afterward. The remaining bandits, two of them got away clean, which tells you something about the shooting of the detectives. <laughs> Not real accurate. <laughs> so, now, uh, a somewhat better day, in this case, night, uh, for the forces of the law was in 1895, train number three of the Cincinnati Southern Railroad was stopped by a lantern-waving figure just north of uh, Greenwood, Kentucky, mm -hmm. at a place where the right-of-way ran through a deep cut. Kentucky? In Kentucky. Really? So the lantern-waver turned out to be a pistol-packing bandit, and mm -hmm. he was followed by three equally bad guys. Yeah. Well, the four may have been rank amateurs at train robbing business because they headed straight for the baggage car. Oh, my God. Maybe thinking it was the express car. What so, were they thinking? So right away, you got to know these guys uh, didn't know what they were doing. Oh, boy. Well, as the bandits, bandits rummaged through the baggage car, back in the passenger car, three men began to wonder what the delay was. And finally, they walked forward to find out. And they were a guy named Eddie, Outgood, and Griffin. And all three happened to be railroad detectives. Yeah, they did it again. They did it again. Yeah. Now, Outgood, the first in line, was confronted by a bandit at the steps of the baggage car. Hands up, ordered the robber, but Outgood went for his pistol, and all heck broke loose. One of the bandits took a bullet in the heart, which finished him off. A second managed to survive for about two hours, shot through the chest. And another was so badly shot up that he almost died. He almost died. Yeah, I'm okay. thinking, yeah, he, almost. I yeah. don't know how yeah. long he lasted. Yeah. But. So, anyway, the presence of the three detectives on the train was no accident, you see. Uh, they'd been warned about the robbery. Now, the informer was a guy named Sam Frazier. He was part of the gang and had ridden along on the raid that very night. Frazier had wisely elected to hold the outlaws' horses as part of the scheme, and so he managed to stay out of the line of fire. Uh-huh. So, so he You would think that Moccasin Telegraph would spread around the globe and let these guys know that robbing trains is not a very good no, thing to do. No. Uh, uh, the sad thing is, the, men that, the, the guys that were shot, yeah. uh, the wounded man was not abandoned at all. He was a hobo who, ha who happened to find himself in the wrong place. See, you never <laughs> should try to get a free ride. Well, he got a ride, but I think it was to the hospital. Holy Or smokes. somewhere. And so, he hadn't done a thing. No, he was just in the wrong place. Oh. So, okay, I've got a few more stories. We'll go till we run I'll out tell of time. I'll tell you what, make this one a real short one because i got a whole bunch of commercials. Okay. All right, i got okay. just this last one. All right. Okay, um... I think this is the last one. Okay. Well, outlaws did even worse when they tried to eliminate one of their major opponents, a quiet retiring man named Fred Hans. Yeah. Hans was at various times a detective for the Union Pacific and for the federal government. In 1900, he worked for the Northwestern Railroad, which in those days ran between Deadwood and Omaha. 
Now, this line uh, frequently hauled very large shipments of gold from the Deadwood Mines, and it was Hans' job to keep these shipments safe. Well, the story goes that he was so good at his job that most outlaws steered clear of this train. Mm-hmm. Well, five outlaws Hans had been chasing paid the ultimate price for turning on the detective and laying an ambush for him. They managed to kill the detective's horse, so this wasn't even on the train. I see. They managed to kill the detective's horse, but Hans, using using the animal's carcass as a fort, pulled his two pistols, opened fire. He drove one round through an ambusher's heart, killed a second man's horse. He put another bullet through a, a third bandit's head, shot the fourth in the stomach. The fifth man, now horseless, widely, wisely gave up as uh, this was a bad job, and he surrendered. So this guy took on five Five guys. And killed four of them and uh, apprehended the fifth. You can't find bad guys anymore today that have as inept an attitude as they have. <laughs> now, they, they, I guess that's why they didn't last too long. Holy smokes. And those are the great train robberies. That's just a few of them. I got a bunch more, but yeah. obviously we don't have time. Yeah, what was the picture you were going to oh, show let me? let me show you these. Oh. Uh, Oli and... Oli. Now... Yeah. Holy cow. Which one's Oli? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, are they dead? Yes. Oh, they're holding them up. Yeah, they're dead. Oh, they're dead. Well, one guy's got a smile on his face. Well, as was the custom, they took a picture yeah. of the guys after they were dead before they oh, buried them. Oh, my goodness. They they look like they've had a rough night. <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah. They're not exactly dressed Hollywood style, would no, you say? No, no. They, uh, they look a little rough. They have uh, a, a cosmetic problem. <laughs> they do. <laughs> and their eyes are closed. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you did it again. Now, are you learning to speak Chinese? You know, I'm attempting to get a few words down, like I'm lost and Okay, no, okay, stop right there. How do you say I'm lost in Chinese? Well, well I haven't got it yet. <laughs> I'm You're working still on lost. It. <laughs> I'm still lost. <laughs> Okay, but you're going to be going over there when? April 1st. April 1st. For two weeks. It, it, kind of fitting, April Fool's Day. Yeah, I know, that makes me nervous. <laughs> I bet it does. <laughs> but now you don't know how to order food in a restaurant or anything? No, I think I'll just probably point. Point. Well, how do you know what you're ordering, though? Well, I'm hoping they have pictures. <laughs> That's my only hope. <laughs> You're going to be over there for two weeks. Or I'll say, I'll have what that guy's having. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I wish you a lot of luck, and I hope that it's successful. And you're going over quickly to visit with people that listen to this program. Right. A lot of the students, I'm going to be speaking to the students at Peking University. Peking How do you University. think they'll respond to you after they know what you look like? Well, that makes me a little nervous, too. (laughs) I don't know what they're going to expect. (laughs) Okay. God bless you, man. You're going to be here next week. Yes, I will be. You're uh, going to be bringing in a new rice dish. Yes, something. Okay. Okay. (laughs)